Good evening, and welcome to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's everyone doing? Hopefully they're doing okay. Um, we are suffering Te- through this new app. Technical difficulties. Yes, fair <laughs> warning. We may get cut off at any point tonight, but we'll see what happens. Um, as always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, Pale Fire is doing some great things lately. Looks like they were the... Uh, sort of the host site for the big event activities of the Harrisonburg chapter last weekend. And hopefully quite a few of you all got out there on that beautiful Saturday after the spring game, which is what we'll be talking about tonight. So we're excited. We're going to have Greg Medea from the Daily News Record on tonight to fill us in on what looked like a fantastic atmosphere uh, down in the Berg this weekend, huh, Rob? Oh, yeah. It looked great. Yeah. Um... You know, unfortunately, neither one of us were able to make it, um, but, but man, from all accounts, you know, talking to friends and um, reading Greg's coverage and just hearing about the tailgating and the, and the great kind of stadium experience and some of the really um, exciting play. You know, definitely the, the quarterback quarterback controversy is, is heating up. And I'm sure <laughs> plenty of fans think they haven't figured out after watching 60 minutes of football, um, despite none of us having, you know, any insight into the practices, um, which is why well, I'm excited to hear Greg's take on it. I think... Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly like you, very excited about Tanucci, but um, you know, it, it was one spring game. That's right. Let's not read too much into it. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll be excited in whoever Houston chooses. I'm certainly excited about Houston's own excitement about the defensive line as well. So yeah, me too. We'll, we'll get me to that too. in a little bit. Um, one other sports note that we will talk about tonight before we bring Greg on, we hope, is um, women's lacrosse again, number four in the nation in every poll this week. And they play at UVA in the makeup game from earlier in the season on Wednesday night. So they have three games left in the regular season. And I saw it's UVA on Wednesday. And then they have one this weekend. And then the following weekend, they play Towson, who is ranked eighth in all the polls. So that'll certainly be the deciding factor in the number. Well, yeah, that, yeah that, that's definitely going to be for number one seed in the tournament. Sure. I think that's been pretty obvious. They won, they won by what, 11 goals yesterday? Yeah. So they won every CAA game by double digits? Yeah, that's what I, That's why I looked ahead to see when Towson was coming up because I figured that'll be the Man. one competitive matchup. Yeah, um, it's funny. Like, they're, they're neck and neck. Them and Towson are kind of 1-2 mm-hmm. in pretty much every statistical category, with the exception being um, giveaways and takeaways. And, and Jamie does a really good job in both. And Towson, not so much. Towson's a little looser with the ball. Or they were, I think, last week was last yeah. time I checked. But – um, they're a good team. That's, that's going to be a real tough matchup and definitely get them prepared heading into the postseason. And it's kind of cool. I, I mean, it's so hard. The thing I can't figure out with this team is, um, you know, I saw them early in the year against High Point, who's a pretty good team. And we watched some of those, like the North Carolina game and stuff. And it seemed like they were, you know, JMU was giving up goals. And lately mm-hmm. they've just been running over people in the CAA. And yeah. I don't know if their defense has improved significantly. I hope that's the case or if it really is just the level of competition. So who knows? It'll be fun to see with the two of these three games, definitely getting them back in tourney mode before the hopefully two tournaments uh, come to come. So oh, yeah. should be fun. Yeah. So with that, we will move on to welcoming Greg. Talk to you guys on their side. See you. Rob, you there? Yeah. 
All right. Well, we'll just talk here for a second, see if Greg okay. joins in the next 30 seconds and people can get some fun uh, okay. behind the scenes content here. <laughs> there we are. Greg, are you there? Yes. I'm ah, here. Welcome. So with that, we are excited tonight to welcome Greg Medea from the Daily News Record, uh, who has been providing such just incredible coverage of the Dukes for the last few years. And he had the privilege, unlike Rob and I, of attending the spring game this weekend. I guess he was, I don't know if it was a privilege or you were forced to for work, right? But uh, welcome, Greg. Good, good, good to be with you, Todd and, and Rob. It's good, good, good to hear from you guys again. Yeah. Yeah, we've been excited to have you back on, and we knew there wasn't anybody better to talk about uh, spring football than, than you. Um, it's also nice to have another Met fan on tonight when, when oh. they just went up 6 1 in the eighth. So. And the Grom's throwing well. Oh, the yeah. Grom is throwing well. Uh, DC sports fandom <laughs> is a, a life of infinite sadness. Yes. It's a, a story for another day. Let, let's talk some yucks. Yeah. Robbie, go ahead. Yeah, yeah just uh, Greg, first and foremost, uh, really just to echo what Todd said, really been enjoying your coverage uh, since you came to, to Harrisburg, but particularly this spring. Again, a lot of great content. Um, the article that you most recently wrote about the QB battle, it seems like it's down to two. Um, what was your impression? It seems like a lot of fans are really excited about Danucci, but jo- Johnson seemed to do pretty well uh, for himself as well. What was your take on the game? Yeah, as far as the spring game goes, I, I thought – in the, in the actual spring game that Danucci uh, looked like he kind of fits what James Madison wants to do and what they've done uh, since Mike Houston and Donnie Kirkpatrick, the coach and the coordinator, arrived uh, before the 2016 season. You look you look at Danucci's skill set, and, uh, and, and I noticed it in some of the practices, and I wrote about this kind of ahead uh, of the spring game and as the spring was, was going along is that Danucci's skill set is, is very similar to Brian Shore's skill set. And I think if James Madison wants to keep uh, the offense somewhat similar, uh, wants to keep the offense a, a, at least within the same realm of what they did in, in the past <laughs> two seasons, and then they found success with Brian Shore both running the football and, and passing it, uh, he, he was great with the read option and, and throwing off of it, throwing on the run. I think I think Danucci kind of can do some of the same things. I don't know if he has as strong of an arm as Brian Shore or if he can make the downfield throws uh, like Shore did. And a lot of the time, Shore was helped out by a really talented uh, mm-hmm. wide receiving core. Sure. Uh, so so I, I, think, I think that's kind of the one thing to watch with Danucci, if he can – uh, be as effective off the, the, the run-pass option and a play action and throwing the ball downfield when Jamie needs to throw the ball downfield, uh, which is what I think Johnson does really well. Is I think even though he may not be the most athletic, uh, he may not be you know the, the, the greatest runner, I think he throws the ball downfield probably better than Benucci does. And then that, that's been – that's been really since he since he arrived on campus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago. He came in with that 2016 recruiting class, and uh, I I think you know you look back at that Elon game where where Brian Short was hurt and he had to start. Uh, he threw two long touchdown passes to Damo Taylor, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I I think that's one thing that Johnson does really well is throw the deep ball. Yeah, I'd agree. Now, in terms of Danucci's running, um, I wasn't there. I'm sorry, but is he the similar to like the Brian Shore just takes the pocket when he's down? He's just a north south, get some yards, or is he an elusive guy? Yeah, I, I think it's a very similar running style. I, I, I do. I think uh, like Brian, 
Uh, they want to make the play in the passing game first, and 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 that that's kind of the interesting part of it. Danucci's he's not looking to run, okay. but it, just like Brian, where the, he wasn't where the pass if it was a pass play, uh, you know he's looking to pass the ball first. But if he has to, if the pocket breaks down, he has to move. Uh, I think they can they that Danucci can certainly do that, get outside the pocket and try to make a play down the field, uh, or at least to a receiver coming back to the play. Uh, before taking off and running. And what I think uh, Danucci does well is that he also, you know, has that ability to get, you know, pick up a first down with his legs if he has to. And I think that's very important, especially in in college football, where it's all about, you know, having a guy that can extend the play if if, if the offensive line maybe isn't where a team needs it to be. And and I don't know if that's that's the case with JMU. I think their offensive line is going to be very good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I think it's kind of a luxury to have a guy that can scoot and, and make some plays with his feet. It also seems like from from the quotes you got from Houston, where he's really talking about this being a true competition and bringing out the best in people. Obviously, we can all point to the way that Shore reacted when they brought in the transfer from USC. Was it Connor Connor Mitch? Can't even think his name. Yeah, Connor. Um, and it seems like Danucci coming to JMU and playing as a walk on shows somebody who's really got that competitive fire. And then you had some great quotes from Johnson talking about how he really wants to focus on you know, his skills as a leader and, and taking over as leader of the team. So it seems like the guys are really buying into what Houston's selling and that Houston is really, you know, putting competition every spot on the field, um, particularly the most important one. Is that a correct read or is that just kind of coach speak that, that, that we're hearing and maybe reading too much into? I, I think that's a correct read, uh, especially uh, from the get-go of, of spring spring practice where, where it was a four-man competition between Danucci, Johnson, uh, the Hunter Etheridge and, and the freshman Gage Maloney. I, I really do think they gave everybody a fair shot, uh, at least to start uh, spring practice. And then it kind of got narrowed down. And you saw the reps uh, be split differently between, uh, of course, Danucci and Johnson. And, mm-hmm. and and to be honest, I think this is much different than the Connor Mitch-Brian Shore battle because it wasn't really a battle. Yeah. With, with Mitch, he didn't arrive until you know midway through the summer. It's tough to learn an offense in a short period of time. Brian, at least, it had gotten that in the spring prior. Uh, so I think it was really Brian's job to lose uh, going into that going into that 2016 season. This, I think, is a head-on competition, uh, Danucci and, and Cole Johnson, and, and it's going to be whether or not. Uh, I, think, I think the leadership aspect is a big part of it because one of those guys is going to have to emerge as the leader and, you know, be the guy that, probably Houston and Kirkpatrick wants them to be with the team where everybody looks and says, that's the quarterback. That's the guy who's going to lead the team. And I, I don't know who that is yet. I think, I think with Danucci, uh, he at least has the experience of doing it and having to be that guy, having started games at Pittsburgh before uh, walking on at JMU uh, with, with Johnson. He's seen it firsthand. He's seen how Brian uh, was able to kind of uh, cultivate and, 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 and lead a team. Uh, you know, from from the beginning of one season to a championship game to winning a championship to, to you know carrying it into the next season and a fourteen and zero start uh, mm-hmm. in twenty seventeen. So I think uh, I think both guys have to prove they can do it with this group. Uh, now it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out because I think this is one that'll go all the way into you know deep in a training camp, if not that first week of the regular season. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm excited as a fan. You know, sometimes QB battles can be a little bit scary as somebody who's like pretty vested emotionally in the team. But uh, this is different because it really does seem like they've got good options, and it's gonna be one guy rising to the top. Through the Mickey Matthews year, you know, 
years. He was a tremendous coach, but a lot of his QB battles, I always thought as a fan, were really more about him being indecisive. Um, and it was just kind of not being able to make a decision. I've got a lot of confidence in Houston. And from what I've read, like from the articles that you have, other interviews read, uh, that I've um, heard from both these guys, it, it just seems like somebody's really going to step up and it's going to be a good situation for the program. Uh, no, no, no doubt. I think, and that's the thing with, with, with Houston, he hasn't shown you uh, really in any situation that he's not afraid to make a decision. Uh, I yeah. think, I think he's been very clear on his stance with certain things, uh, especially with guys in playing time. Uh, every job has to be won. You, you've seen FBS transfers come in. Uh, some guys find their way on the field. Other guys, you know, like, like Connor Mitch, uh, you know, couldn't get on the field because they weren't guaranteed anything. Uh, you know, every, everything is a competition with Houston, and, and I, think that's, I think that's very important, and that, that's, that's how you gain a lot of respect from, from, from players, I think. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's enough quarterback sissy talk here. <laughs> I want to talk about the group that uh, Coach Houston seemed the most fired up about. Um, what did you see from the D-line this week? Uh, Houston seems certainly pr- pretty, uh, pretty enthusiastic about what he's seeing along the defensive front. It's interesting. I think with that group, because of the the influx of of transfers, uh, you know, and and I'm not just talking the recent transfers. You can can look at at guys that have come since since Houston. The Carters and taking over. Yeah, right. You see, you get Darius Carter, Rondell Carter, uh, and then you know now you look at the guys like Paris Black and and Matt Terrell. Uh, I think that group is is loaded. And then remember Darius Carter; he was one of a bunch that that didn't practice at all this spring. And that 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 was a, a kind of a different storyline. Is that JMU was trying to make sure its guys were, were good to go, uh, you sure. know, come summer. But uh, Darius Carter, former Virginia player, he you guys have seen what he what he's done over the past couple of seasons: ten and a half sacks in two years. Mm-hmm. Rondell Carter, I think. And this was the guy that, that I think probably had the best spring of any player on the roster. Oh, wow. uh, he's a guy that, that Houston is, is totally fired up about. And, <laughs> and, and Rondell, he, he said it to me, he wants to be a guy to lead the defense. Uh, he wants to be a guy that, that, that takes control. If, if you look at what they lost, they, they lost a ton of leadership on defense mm-hmm. uh, between the Raven Green, Jordan Brown, uh, Andrew Rankra, uh, Herford. Hawkins, Herford too. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think they need a guy, and and with the way Rondell Carter practiced, the way he, he's vocal with his teammates at times, I think he's he's a guy that can do it. He's added weight. Uh, he, he he prefers to play defensive end, but but as you guys know and saw this past season, he'll play inside if he has to, and and really try to be a factor in pass rushing situations at the defensive tackle spot. So maybe they can get you know a guy like John Daka on the field. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah and, that's uh, or, uh, this fall rather. Um, uh, Dak is a guy who's developed. They've, they've done a good job of developing players there. You'll get Mike Green on the inside, possibly. Uh, Adib, uh, he's an option there. Yeah. Uh, they have some different. They have some different ways they can align that defensive front because with Carter and Bo and Paris Black, uh, both guys are versatile. They can play inside or outside. So depending on what look Jamie wants to give its opponents, I think they have they have a little bit of a luxury there in how they can configure it. That's great to hear. And that was kind of a fun group for us to watch this week because, like you said, other than Darius Carter, that was a group that was fairly healthy in the spring. Um, right. Or at right. least seemed to have a lot of the guys out there that are going to be out there in the fall. There were a lot of units on offense. I mean, I think about the receiver spot where 
you know, we know, Riley. yeah, we know a couple of the guys at the top, but we're really not sure what's going on there. They didn't have anybody. I mean, it was Percy. I think they only had two running backs available at the end of the camp there, right? Yeah, uh, the, the the offense. It was it was it was it was it was it, you know it, it was <laughs> yeah, it's a patchwork group. The quarterback, uh, you kind of feel bad for the quarterbacks because they're out there trying to win a job and they really got none of their weapons to use. Right. You know, you you look at the backfield and Percy had a good spring, but. He was taking every snap along with, you know, former walk-on Eric yeah. Curlew, Curlew, who made the team last year as a kid who had to try out, uh, you know, as, as an on-campus tryout. All uh, right. The team. So uh, so those were the two running backs at receiver. It was a bunch of, you know, freshman, sophomore, redshirt freshman types because Stapleton, you know, he sent out most of the spring. He practiced a little bit. Same thing with David Eldridge. Uh, Clayton Cheatham had practiced for the most part until I think the last two days he, he missed, you know, the Thursday before and the spring game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Houston expects to have all those guys who, who missed the spring back as soon as, you know, kind of the summer begins and, and they start working toward, uh, getting ready and gearing up for training camp. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, with, with the offense, it, it was kind of, it was just tough because they really didn't know, you know, what they totally had at the skills position. So it really, it was really a kind of a development camp. Uh, for some of the guys that, that were seen in the game on, on Saturday, Jake Brown, Kendall Dean, uh, Josh Sims, uh, Jameer Hudson at receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you, you look at running back, and I mentioned Percy, yeah. uh, Bisset, and, and Curlew. And then the, the really the, the one group that was pretty steady throughout uh, for the offense was the offensive line. Uh, okay. I think they have some options, and, and, and they, they can kind of figure out where to go from here. Yeah, they seem to move guys around a lot on the, during this game even. That that was on purpose. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. Mike Houston. He had told me earlier in, during the training camp that during the spring camp that uh, they were going to just try some guys at different positions. They're trying to find the best five. I think they know some of them. Uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised if Mac Patrick isn't the center. He's been the center for the you know the past year and right. you know, even at times the year before when when Kyle Rigney got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Fornado's going to play right tackle, and I think Jackson's going to play left tackle. Uh, the guard spots, Dyer is probably locked into one of them. And I think Jake Glavin had a good camp. Uh, but it's going to be interesting when, when Jaron Butler and uh, gets back from injury and Tyree Chavis gets 100%. He, he practiced a little bit, Chavis, during the spring, but, you know, sat out the spring game because, you know, he's, he's fresh off an injury too. That's great to hear. One last well, – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we'll just need depth at offensive line. I mean, the last couple of years have showed us, like, they're, you know, they, they've had other guys really need to step up and – replace people hopefully we won't have that next year but you never know if you have six or seven guys all challenging that's that's a good thing yeah no, you, you need you need as many bodies as you can it, it kind of the same thing goes for running back yeah uh, oh yeah you know it, it just, <laughs> you, you look at you look at the amount of guys out this spring and then you think about you know how many different guys carried the ball for them last year and the year before uh you know you, you need you need multiple bodies at certain positions linebackers another one Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Dimitri Holloway, we, we, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you. So the, the three, he's one of three guys I wanted to ask you about. All right, go, go um, ahead. Who, who, yeah. who were all the guys you wanted to ask? Yeah. Well, the last guy on offense before we get back to Holloway, cause he's the guy I'm most excited to hear about, but uh, it, where, where does Nick Carlton stand? Yeah. Nick Carlton's still coming back from the injury. He didn't practice. I think they're looking at Clayton Cheatham to, to be the starter at tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think Carlton fits in. What, what I think is interesting is, if they can't find somebody to play that inside receiver spot, I yeah. think it's certainly possible that they, they line up Carlton on the inside at receiver at times. If, if he gets back to 100% health or 
or close to it by the start of the season because he's a guy that can absolutely catch the ball. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's struggled at, time with, at times with blocking, but, uh, you know, if they can't find an inside receiver, I think he's a guy that can run down the field, uh, make a play up the seam, and, 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 and give JMU a pretty quality weapon there, former high school receiver. Uh, I think he's certainly somebody that could do that, and, and he'll he'll definitely play tight end. You know, JMU likes yeah. to use more than more than one tight end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you'll see plenty of Nick Carlton, I think, come fall. That's exciting because I mean, we saw a little bit of flash at East Carolina last year from him for <laughs> sure in that getting, yeah. getting down the field role. So right. that's exciting. Yeah. On the defensive side, though, not to uh, cut you off there, but on the defensive side, um, yeah. What was so? How was Holloway? Holloway was good when when he was healthy this spring, and, mm-hmm. and you know he, he's coming off a pretty pretty major injury that that kept him out for you know everything but the opener last year. He practiced a lot. Uh, some of the practices he he was limited in, and that was on purpose by design. Uh, what they're trying to do is uh, develop kind of a relationship there at the two line at the two linebacker spots between Holloway and, and Landon Word. Uh, they okay. need they need guys to be comfortable in the middle of that defense, making all the calls, making all the checks. Uh, because it's it's not it's not a senior group that that knows exactly what to do at every level, uh, so I think I think some of the importance is on the linebackers this year to understand that, especially since Holloway has played uh, a very significant role in the past, and that yeah. work, you know is probably going to be a significant contributor for the next two seasons. I think uh, those two guys will be fine. Holloway looked good when he was practicing. Uh, so I, I think I, I don't think they have anything to worry about at linebacker as long as Word and Holloway stay healthy. Even there's a couple of guys behind them, but I think if those two stay healthy, they'll be fine. That's exciting. And then the the third guy on the third unit uh, on the special teams is: Have we seen any sightings from Tyler Gray this spring? Yeah, that that battle's still going on. Uh, okay, it, it is an ongoing competition between uh, Gray and Ethan Ratke. Uh, at at kicker and and I I think both of them could end up you know getting the play could be one on you know field goals point after attempts and then the other on kickoffs okay Uh, Houston has even said uh, when I asked him about it he basically said you know it'd be it'd be good not to have to put all the pressure on one leg if they can break it up and they have guys Mm -hmm. there that can do it or and that are capable of it Uh, then you're basically you know making sure your field goal kickers feeling good every time he goes out there doesn't have to worry about kicking the ball off so I think it's pretty strong to say, obviously, I think both guys want to be the field goal kicker, Radke and right. Gray, but uh, whoever <laughs> doesn't win that job, I don't think they're going to be totally out of work. Okay, <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I mean, we all know that Harry could do it anyways if they need him to. So, yeah. <laughs> Harry, it Harry's had a good spring. They've, they've done some they, – they're working on some different things with him. Uh, he, he's practiced a lot uh, with kind of the, the straight-on traditional punt uh, is, is just, you know, making sure he can get that down. He's got the rugby-style kick down, can do it left, can do it right. Everybody knows it. Everybody's seen it. He can fake it. Uh, he can fake the, the, the punt. Uh, so I think, I, think, uh, I think he's fine as far as it goes. I know he's kind of becoming kind of a cult figure. Is that yes. a fair assessment yes. Yes. Uh, with the Definitely. fan base? But, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> now. Um, we've already talked about some of the transfers that, that are on campus already. Do you expect Houston to bring in anybody else? I mean, after all these other spring games going on around the country, there's people who are going to be making decisions and leaving. Has he indicated that he's looking to add any more players? I do think there will be a transfer too uh, mm-hmm. within the next, you know, with, with, within the, you know, before the summer ends, before people, you know, start showing up 
uh, for camp. I think it'll be at a position in need. Um, I think there are certain spots you could look at for sure. I, I think probably receiver is one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe safety. Yep. Uh, but there's also a possibility that, that he slides one of those corners uh, over to safety, one of those older corners over mm-hmm. safety, uh, that are already on the roster. And then you guys know they haven't practiced at all this spring besides Jimmy Moreland. Right. Uh, yeah. Kurt Rashad Oliver, hasn't. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Robinson and Charles Tutter all working back from injury. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's possible those two spots, I think, you know, if, if I'm just thinking out loud here, maybe I, I said receiver already. Uh, I don't think I, I thought initially maybe the offensive line would be an area just because they don't have any seniors and maybe, you know, a grad transfer could help out with some experience. But I don't mm-hmm. think they need that. I think the offensive line is fine depth wise, uh, maybe running back um, if they want to try to balance the classes because they've got three upperclassmen. Mm. And, and just, you know, younger part guy. Yeah, because they didn't sign anybody. If you think they, if you remember, they didn't sign anybody. OK class at running back so um there's just a couple of different options i haven't you know been told anything or or anything that i can share with you guys that way but that's a couple of options i'm thinking out loud about yeah that's what we were i think we would have thought receiver safety maybe linebacker depth i hadn't thought about the running back angle but that's true with the classes yeah if they get a younger guy who can who can stay a couple years that might help Mm -hmm. yeah but um what about the new staff? I mean, what's just the general mood around the team and the staff? You know, they've got, what, three new coaches in, two or three new coaches in this year. Right. And uh, certainly, like you said, I mean, a lot of the big names of these last two runs are gone. Uh, Rashad and Jimmy will be back there in the, on the corners. But, you know, a lot of the big names are kind of have kind of moved on. So, you know, what is the general vibe around this team? I mean, last year felt like a real continued growth of the 2016 team. Right, you know, just kind of carrying over, keeping the machine running. Does this feel different than that? Yeah, there's a there's a little bit different of a vibe, just because. Well, first of all, they they are coming off a championship game loss, so mm-hmm. I think I think there's some of that. I don't want to call it misery, but there's there's some motivation there because of it. I would say. Uh, I think also with the new staff, and, and Bob Trot had mentioned to me, uh, Bob Trot, the defensive coordinator, he had mm-hmm. mentioned to me that. It's been a little bit of a slower install this spring. It was a slower install for the defense, and that's not only because there's a bunch of new players around. It's also because they have a new corners coach and they have a new linebackers coach. And right, you can only you can only go as fast as the coaches can teach it. They have they're, they're good coaches, but you know, mm-hmm. they've been in, they haven't been in teaching this system uh, too much. And that's Carico Wright, the corners coach, who, who came from Clemson uh, or who came from Murray State via Clemson, played at Clemson. Okay, and then of course. Uh, and then, of course, Warren Beelan, who came from uh, Vanderbilt. Yep. I uh, was at Wake Forest previously as well. Uh, on the offensive side, I think uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick and, and Steve Shankweiler, you know, get along really, really well. You can tell there's a good relationship there between the two of them. Uh, so, uh, really, I don't think anything too drastically will change on offense. You may see some different things scheme-wise they do up front, uh, but nothing that that probably pop out to the average, you know, the average fan just watching the game and following the ball. Uh, so I think, you know, you look at the the, the the new additions to the staff and I think it's pretty smooth. And I guess on the other side of it is there's the Fontel Mines, the, the receivers coach kind of bumped, was bumped up to uh, recruiting coordinator uh, with Trip Weaver's departure. He's still coaching receivers, but uh, it also has the recruiting coordinator tag as well. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, so that's something to watch this summer is offers and start flying out and, <laughs> 
and people start looking for, for, for scholarship acceptances and commitments. Yeah. We saw coach minds all over Twitter this weekend. Cause it looked like they had a bunch of, uh, they had a bunch of recruits bunch of on campus this yeah. weekend as well. Yeah. Junior days, uh, the past two weekends. So yeah. uh, they've had a lot of prospects on campus. That's, well, it was a beautiful day for people to get a look at JMU. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think about the fans? That's uh, I, I mean, as far as, as long as Rob and I have been paying attention, I don't think we can recall more excitement around a spring game than, than this one. Yeah, there, there were there were a good number of people there. Uh, yeah, there really were. And I think, you know, I think the fan base is excited to see how they bounce back from from losing to North Dakota State. <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. Uh, <laughs> Rob, you got anything else? No, just once again, really appreciate it, Greg. I've been enjoying your coverage and uh, love having you on the podcast. So thanks again for being our guest. All yeah. right, guys. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very right. much. You guys can find Greg on, uh, on Twitter and Facebook and, of course, in the Daily News Record. So we'll tweet you some links um, when we put out the show notes. Thanks, Greg. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> Once again, thanks to Greg Medea for taking the time uh, with us tonight. We really enjoyed talking with him. It's the second time we've had him on here. Rob, he's just the best guest in oh, terms of uh, knowledge of the program, right? Oh, yeah. man. It's like encyclopedic. Um, and yeah. good enthusiasm, just good guy. I really yeah, enjoyed it's... that. Of course, I, I jinxed he, he and I bring up the Mets thing. They proceeded to blow blow the lead in the <laughs> conversation. So I, I learned my lesson. That's a little bit of karma for me. You guys were all joking, and I got off the phone, and then I didn't even know what was going on. And I... I thought, mm, I guess I'll just enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he texted me and I was like, oh, bad news, bad news. <laughs> um, well, once again, um, thanks to Greg and thanks to Palefire, as always. Uh, go by the tap house there in Harrisonburg. Mention the Jamie Sports Blog podcast. You'll get a free pint glass. Um, always thanks to them. Looking forward to getting down there sooner or later. Rob, any last words tonight? We're not going to do an OT tonight. Everyone, we were uh, excited to have Greg on. It's about all we can stomach this week with our new recording. We'll see if we can figure this out a little yeah. better for next week. Hopefully it comes across for the listeners a little smoother than it was for us. Um, <laughs> right. This was a good learning experience. But no, I just let's keep it short and sweet. Really, once again, thanks to Greg. Really enjoyed it. It was great to talk football. Hope everybody had a terrific time at the spring game. And uh, we'll be back next week with something different. Go Dukes. <laughs>